Hey, strangers. Can't get enough of one strange thing? Well, did you know that we have a catalog of 42 full-length premium ad-free episodes for you to enjoy? We release two premium episodes a month, and we're going to share a few minutes of our most recent release with you today. If you like what you hear, you can check out all of our premium episodes on your platform of choice. You can join us on Patreon, Apple Premium, or on Supercast. Patreon is five bucks a month with lots of perks, including early, ad-free versions of our regular episodes. Or just get the premium releases for $2.99 on Apple or on Supercast. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this short preview of our latest episode, a look back at one of Kentucky's lesser-known mysteries. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. The state of Kentucky is famous for a lot of reasons, and good ones if we do say so ourselves. There's the eponymous derby, of course, and bluegrass music, and bourbon, and a very solid entry into the Southern Barbecue Wars. And, of course, there's a particularly gruesome cryptid we've covered on this very show, the Pope Lick Monster. Check out our episode titled The Trestle if you want more on that one. But there's also plenty of lesser-known monster tales floating around in Kentucky, and we're bringing you one of those today. It's from the coal town of Spotsville. That's in Henderson County in western Kentucky. It's a stone's throw from Evansville, Indiana, if you throw that stone across the Ohio River. Spotsville and Henderson are part of Appalachia, and being from Appalachia means plenty when it comes to folk tales of haints and boogers and things that have a habit of changing shape after dark. There are plenty of stories from the neighboring Ozarks, too, Wisdom that's waiting, if you choose to listen. Some mountain people can tell you a lot, like why you don't whistle in the woods, and why you should bury iron at the four corners of your property. A lot of stories of shadowy creatures that creep along the corners of Appalachian myth, they don't make it to the newspapers. And why would they? That's not the purview of reporters. Except when it is. On November 10th, 1975, the Evansville Press ran a very odd story. The paper reported, and we don't know why it took so long to do so, that a monster had been running wild in Spotsville, Kentucky for at least two weeks. Apparently, the creature was first seen, quote, on a farm by some children and their mother, and then by others. The locals had, very sensibly, taken to calling it the Spotsville Monster, not fancy, but Certainly it was fitting, based on the descriptions that were provided. Per the press, the whole story began on the property of the Nunnally family, who had not been in the area for very long, less than a year. Mr. and Mrs. Nunnally had at least five children, and we know this because five of the kids eventually reported seeing the creature, and the property was also frequented by an array of young cousins. Apparently, this monster was first spotted by one of the children, Robert, who'd been sent to make sure that the younger ones were playing safely. Imagine his surprise when he found his sister and his cousin, and then saw what he described as a monster lurking nearby. In fact, it was standing just a few yards behind the girls, near one of the family's trucks. 
It was brown and white, quote, with a face like a man's, only with a lot of hair all over it. Robert thought the creature had been tall, but he hadn't had much time to see. Robert told the paper that he yelled at it and that it took off into the woods. He said, I had never seen anything like it. Soon, his other siblings would report similar sightings, and so would his mother. They figured the creature was somewhere between seven and nine feet tall. And what did the creature do? According to the newspaper, it seems to have mostly lurked around their property and frightened the daylights out of people. Though, as the Evansville Press noted, it did leave some tracks, and the Nunnally's neighbor, Ray Vibbert, decided to make a plaster cast of one. He also collected, quote, part of a claw or tooth, and whatever the fragment might have been, it was sent off to a lab, which lab we don't know, to be examined. But when we found a book written by one of the Nunnally children, his claims were much more disturbing. In the book, Bigfoot in Kentucky, Barton Nunnally claimed that their family had actually had uncanny experiences for months preceding that November news coverage. First, there was the loss of livestock and pets. And then, his mother spotted a frightening shadow in the woods. Barton remembered that, just before the sightings in the fall, a stranger who'd been hunting nearby had come and warned them that he'd seen something frightening near their property, a creature that was, quote, big, hairy, and ran away like a man. It was soon after that that his brother, Robert, saw that creature up close. In Barton's telling, the description Robert offered was much more detailed than what had run in the paper. According to Bart, his brother had described it as, quote, being muscular and tall, with a square jaw and small close-set eyes. It was covered in reddish-gray hair, thin and patchy in spots, as if it was very old. Later, as Barton wrote, all the children saw the creature when they were waiting for the bus stop. Now, the family did call the authorities, and after that, well, that's when the press descended. And that was an unpleasant experience. Even though there were plenty of other sightings in town, he wrote that the police did not take the information seriously, and the press didn't either. 